Citizen Femme Production presents I Hope I Get It, the podcast. The show where we share all of our audition room stories. We talk about the good, the bad, and the oh my god, did that just happen. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of I Hope I Get It, the podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Stain, and this week my guest is Mallory Portnoy. Mallory was most recently seen on Broadway as Gertie Cummings in Daniel Fisher's Tony Award-winning revival of Oklahoma. Her other New York credits include Privacy and A Midsummer Night's Dream. She's worked regionally at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts and the Williamstown Theatre Festival. Some of her TV credits include The Good Fight, Grace and Frankie, and The Helpsters. Mallory is also the co-creator of the comedy series Human Interest and Roger the Chicken. Please enjoy this conversation. Mallory, thank you so much for joining me um, on today's episode of I Hope I Get It, the podcast where I get to share stories and experiences with my guests all about the audition room. I'm so excited to, to talk to you and to hear your stories. I'm so happy to be here and to be part of your podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, I always say, let's just start at the very beginning. <laughs> um, do you remember your very first audition? Do you remember that experience? Oh, wow. My very first audition was probably for the middle school production of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, when I was in seventh grade, which I have no memory of. <laughs> um, but I remember we had to sing. And I remember because I was in choir, I, lo I loved singing. And so I was like, well, I want to do, do the musical. And so I know we had to sing. And I don't know if there was any other component of the audition or if I've just completely forgotten because it was so long ago but I think that's the first thing I ever like auditioned for and I did not get the part I wanted <laughs> but it all worked out yeah it all worked out because it obviously uh it, that experience obviously well that experience being in the show obviously stuck with you because this is now your career yeah yeah. And the next year I auditioned for the music, the eighth grade musical, which was how to succeed in business without really trying. And I did get the role I wanted in that. Um, and that was a very exciting and fulfilling situation. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do this more in high school. And then that was basically the end of that. <laughs> Can you tell me about your, your first um, professional audition when you're like I'm a real actor now I'm a professional <laughs> what is coming to mind is um oh god this is so funny I feel like I'm going to be talking about almost all musical auditions which is not what I normally do um but that I that was sort of like my entry point into being an actor so um just just for the listeners <laughs> that's, that's not all I primarily do and I actually hate singing in auditions but um what is coming to mind is when I was in college, I auditioned for um, Chicago Shakespeare Theater. And I remember we like drove down, I went to college at the uh, undergrad at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. And that was two hours south of Chicago. 
And so a couple friends like drove down and we auditioned in the theater, like at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, which I had never experienced before. I'd never like auditioned in a professional theater. Um, and I remember getting through a few rounds of callbacks that day and was really excited by the whole experience. Um, but I ended up not, not getting cast. Um, and I think that was like, I was probably 19 or 20, but, um, it was the first time sort of like being in front of casting directors and like, there was a table of people that weren't just like my teachers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that feeling <laughs> where it's like, you're so used to it being a familiar face on the other side of the table and suddenly it's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, it's interesting because sometimes my nerves are worse when it's a familiar face than when it's not. It sort of depends. But I've, I've found in my life, like even to this day, if I'm auditioning for something where a friend is like the playwright or is directing or, you know, it's like sometimes that makes me more anxious than when I don't really know anyone. Yeah, I think I think it's it's um it's that that they know you, you know, and they know they they already know what you can do and so they know your ability whereas and you know you you're going to see them like again afterwards. You know, so if you don't know someone, you're like I'll never see you again, it's fine. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, I know like when it's a high stakes situation and I don't already know them, it's very nerve-wracking for me, but if I don't if I just kind of like don't really know it's worse to do it in front of a person I know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah because there's like then then it's like oh I can't I like I have to do well so I don't disappoint my friend or like because sometimes you'll have friends bring you in for things and it's like I well I have to show up for you in this now personal way as opposed to just for myself which is, you know, it's, it's all its own nerve wracking situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, what for you has been the best experience that you've had in the room? You know, whether you got the job or not, but the best experience that you've had in an audition room. I'm trying to think of, you know, it's funny. I think some of the best audition experiences I've had are jobs I did not get. Um, and some of like, some, a lot of the jobs I've gotten, I wouldn't say it were necessarily bad experiences, but were like very sort of like, I have no idea how that went experiences. Um, but I would say a lot of you know, and a lot of actors will say this, like usually when you leave the room and you're like, well, I got that part, you never do. <laughs> and usually when you leave the room and you're like, I just bombed that or, or I have no sense of what just happened or I feel really insecure right now about like how that just went, that those are the ones you get. But, um, I would say in general, I mean, one of the best audition experiences I ever had was for Juilliard, which is where I went to grad school. And they do, and this is, you know, a different thing than just like auditioning for a project or a job, but um, they do a callback weekend 
they have a very extensive audition process. And what I loved about like, so the first day you audition, there's like a whole round of callbacks just in that day. And then they call you back for another weekend of two days of callbacks. And the reason I liked it so much is it, they, they sort of give you an experience of what it would be like to go to school there. So I was able to sort of forget that I was auditioning and just basically experience classes for two days. And that was really amazing. Um, and I, I feel like that was a really, a really powerful experience. And I, it, I'm sure it was because I was meant to go there and I ended up getting in. And so I was probably like getting energy of like, this is sort of like in alignment, which is probably why it felt particularly great for me. <laughs> um, but otherwise I think in general, it's just like when you, you put so much work into preparation and auditioning for things. And so often you get in the room and you feel like you don't really get to like execute the amount of like work and passion and heart you put into preparation. So I feel like I always have the best experiences when I get to really like work with the director in the room and I get to actually like spend time with the material and like really play around, like to, to get notes and to try it different ways and to really like have an experience of almost like playing the role for the, you know, 10 minutes you're in the room is always the best for me. Uh, yeah, I, I love, I, I think it's that feeling of, um, of feeling safe enough in, in a space to, to feel like you can collaborate with someone. I feel like that's when, 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 for me anyway, I feel like that's when I can really, then you get to see not only the skills that I'm presenting to you, but also me, my personality gets to come through and, and, and that, that tells me how you and I will work together because we have to go through this rehearsal process then before we even do the show. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, people sometimes say like you're auditioning them too, because you don't have to accept every job that you're given. And so it's also really nice to know in terms of what you're saying about like the opportunity to collaborate with the other creators to know if like that's a fit for you because sometimes like they could be interested and you're like that was a really weird experience and I don't know how I feel about spending all this time with these people if it's not something you're like super passionate about doing you know absolutely absolutely I love how you said um that we're that we're auditioning them too I think so often we're just out to like prove to them that we are good enough to be considered for their project and but we forget that you know we have to work with them too and how does their energy and and my energy match and can it be a copacetic environment if we are working together yeah just just feeling that that exchange of collaboration when it's working and it like so even if you don't get the job you you feel like oh i got to act today and i got to like put my preparation to use and and feel like i got to be creative in this moment and that's like, that's all we can do because we can't control things beyond that. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
100% agree. Um, what has been for you the worst experience that you've had in an audition room? There are probably many, but the one that comes to mind that is like always the most mortifying to me is, um, I, sorry. Um, I was auditioning for the pilot of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I got called in for the Alex Bornstein part, which is nothing close to who I am. <laughs> um, and probably she had the part way before they were still seeing, I don't know why they were seeing people for it, but they were. Um, and in, in the breakdown, it said something like, you know, dress, like, remember it's set in this specific era. So try to dress in that way or like suggest whatever. But so it said like the character is just in a t-shirt and jeans and like hair up or whatever. So I was like, okay, how can I suggest that I'm, I'm in this era, but like also dress the way it said she's dressed. And I was like, you know what? I want to wear this wig because I had this wig that was sort of like a, like of the fifties style. And like, I, and I like, Alison Janney is my idol. I am obsessed with her. And I had read a lot of stories about how she like really played with wigs a lot. And I know a lot of actresses do that. I, that I never have, but for some reason this day, I was like, I'm gonna wear a wig. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I just like try it? People make these bold choices all the time and it really works for them. So I put on the wig and I went to <laughs> the building where the audition was. And of course, right away, I run into my friend in the elevator who didn't mention the wig. But in my head, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, what am I doing right now? I, I look crazy. And she was like, they're running really behind um, the casting director is like working with people for a long time. So like, but so you'll wait for a while, but it'll be worth it. Cause you're going to get like a lot of time in the room. And I was like, okay, cool. And I get up there and I'm looking around at like this crazy room filled of like the most different actresses, like the span spanning, like age, race, everything. And I'm like, I don't know what they're doing here, but I'm sitting in this waiting room for like 45 minutes in a wig and like maybe no one else can tell but I'm now starting to be like I just I just need to go home and take this off and come back so so I'm just like having a meltdown about this bold choice I made and then she is taking a ton of time with people and then she gets a phone call that was like bad news about this project another but something happened that she was like really pissed off and then they're like, Mallory. <laughs> so I was next to go in the room and she sits down with the sides and she's just like, um, okay, do you have any questions? And I was like, uh, no, no, I don't. And we started doing the scene and she was like messing up the lot. She was reading with me and she was kind of dropping like, like she was in a state over news she had just gotten. And I was like, this is the worst experience I've ever had. And I was like, okay, you know what? Just use it, like use it for the character. That'll be helpful. And I have to say, I did sort of like, 
I was able to kind of overcome it in that way. But we literally read through everything once. <laughs> and she was like, great, thanks. After she had been spending literally, and you can hear, it's one of those rooms where you can hear in the other room that like people, and she, she just like really working with people for so long. And so then at the end, she was like, you look familiar to me. Have we met? And I was like, yeah, um, I'm wearing a wig. <laughs> She's like, oh, it looks really natural. And I was like, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I've never done. I just thought I just thought I would try it today. And she was like, well, it looks good. But maybe that's why I don't recognize you. And I was like, yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I left. And I literally called my manager and I was like, is there a class? I, I need to take a class on auditioning because like, I don't even know. And she was like, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I think she like ended up getting feedback and she was like, yeah, she was great. But in my head, I just was like, what have I done to myself? And like, and the combination of just the bad timing of her, like, you know, completely tapping out of the audition process for that role. I was like, this is a real nightmare. But now I I go in for her all the time and she's the best. <laughs> I do love that you, um, that you made a bold choice. I love, I do. I applaud the bold choice. <laughs> I think, you know, like, I've made a few bold choices in my life and some of them have, have led to like really fruitful results and some have led to um, leaving and calling your manager and saying like, you need to set me up in a class because I clearly have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but I will never wear a wig to an audition again. I know that. I know that is just not my, that's not my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you know, you mentioned earlier that, um, you spoke about the, the preparation that we put into an audition and how sometimes you don't get to, you don't feel like you've, you've used that preparation. What is your audition prep strategy like? How do you prepare for an audition? You know, I am a person who like needs to be off book. I just need to be able to like look at people when I'm acting like I am so envious of the people who can like sort of stay on the page and also be present and like multitask in that way and I'm just I'm just not one of those people um so so much of it for me is just like you know script analysis text analysis um you know, trying to figure and sometimes, especially with like film and TV, you're just getting sides and like really no other context. So just like gleaning as much information as you can from every, everything you're sent and all the information you're given. So, you know, whether if you're given the script, like reading the script, if you're the breakdown, everything, just like any clue you're getting, um, I use that to inform what the scene's about and like who this character is and all these things. Um, and then I really try to be as prepared as I can so I can be off book, um, so I can be really like present in the moment and, you know, if you're working with a reader who's really acting with you, you can actually like act with them. Um, 
and um yeah just feeling like i have the best sense of my version of the character that i can um and i think that's important too is is over the years i think i've learned to be less concerned with what they're looking for or what it's supposed to be and more like well this is my this is my version of this and getting really clear on like what makes me unique and specific and and trying to infuse that in a in a sort of like organic way as much as i can yeah um i i so agree with you when you're talking about trying to be or trying to at least be as word perfect as you can be just because when you are reading with someone there's that you're, you're you know you're sharing this energy and it's i'm not i'm if i'm like in my paper i'm so i don't feel like i i'm fully like committing to the person that i'm that i'm reading with so i also i'm always like oh my god i have to, i want to try and be as off book as i as you know as as you know as i possibly can so that i can fully engage with the person that I'm that I'm acting opposite. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say the the other like depending on the project, I'm sometimes not as um, as much of a stickler with being word perfect. It depends on what it is. It depends on like who wrote it and what the style of the writing is. Um, I I try to be as much as possible, but. Um, I also have had situations where I, I know my audition is becoming about like remembering the lines. And so I have to be mindful of that too, because then like, you're definitely not connected to anything other than like, and then I will, I will sort of fall into my acting habits and become very general and sort of like unspecific and tight and nervous because I'm just like trying to remember, I'm trying to like, regurgitate lines as opposed to, which the whole point is to be able to like embody it as much as possible and like live in the moment and connect with who you're acting with right right absolutely and you know how you said um fulfillment tv it is like you said we do just get sides you don't sometimes you get like maybe a little character description and very rarely you'll get like a full project description um, I was just, just yesterday I was filming a self tape, um, and th my reader, um, is like on zoom with me <laughs> and, um, and I, all I, and the, clearly the scene was like super intense scene. You know, they, I mean, it's like written, like it, tension is rising and, but I don't know what happens after and I don't know what happens before. And I had to somehow magically... <laughs> get myself into that state and I got the sides the day before so today what well, today's Friday it was due today I filmed it yesterday it was Thursday but I only got the sides on Wednesday and it was and I'm, I'm South African so I speak English and Afrikaans and it was in a different language it was in Afrikaans so I, it was like <laughs> the panic so now I have a question for you in that like how often do you ask for more time I have never you've never yeah yeah I, I don't know if I have ever, I had a similar situation recently and I, I think I got the appointment. I mean, it was, the sides were sort of simple, but I got the appointment at like 7 PM on a Monday and it was due by noon on Tuesday. 
um, no information about the show, just like here are the sides um, and like a description of what, what the show is, but that was it. Um, and I did say, uh, do you, do you think they really need it by noon or do you think I have a little more time? And I found out that they did, they were able to give me till end of day, but I had already sort of like set up the tape appointment. So I ended up doing it by 12 anyways, but I'm always, I, I have some friends who like ask for more time fairly often and get it, but I don't, I, I don't really ask that often, but, um, but yeah, and though I, in this same audition that I was just referencing and, and in response to you, this, mine was a similar situation where it was like supposed to be really intense, but it was also kind of funny. So I was like, well, I'm responding to the humor of this because that's like what I'm responding to and like what I'm into about this material, which is not very good, but I'm like, okay, well, if I can hook into that, then like I can make something of this. And then I got asked to retape and they were like, it's, it's like very high stakes and intense. And I was like, oh, I think I have to really play into the the style of the show here in a way that I know I'm resisting because I'm just like not into this kind of show. <laughs> but that's also an interesting thing too, where I'm like, sometimes I'm, I'm like, I probably would have, I don't know. It's hard to say this. Is, it's a, it's also subjective, but sometimes I'm like, maybe don't do it the way you would do it and just do it the way like this, you know, CW show would like the style of that show. But I'm like, but that's not me. Like, I won't get that job because that's not me. So I'm going to do it the way I'm going to do it. And then you can decide if that works for your show or not. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, and also when, the, when they're like, please, will you send two takes, like two variations? And the one, I remember doing one and the scene was so simple. It was such a simple scene. Um, it was, it was an intense scene, but it was so basic and it was, it wasn't even a full page. And they were like, please send like a few different variations. And I remember my sister was reading with me and she, she's not an actor. And she went, she said to me, I don't know how else you can play this other than the, exactly the way it has been written. There's just no way you can change it up because the scene is so simple. The beginning, the middle and the ending, it's so simple. There's, there's no way because the outcome is doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're just sort of like making arbitrary choices and you're like, I don't know really why I'm doing it this way other than for the sake of doing it, which I guess, I mean, we also need to acknowledge what a strange time we're living in where we're just doing all of this in an absolute void. I mean, when I, when I had that audition where I got notes to retape, I just thought to myself, how often is this happening, but I'm not getting notes to retail. Like, I'm sure we're all just out there swinging and making choices. And we're just not in the room with casting directors to in the moment say, oh, actually it's like, there's a little more intensity here and like the vibe of the show, you know? So we're just like doing, especially when you get no information you're just like guessing and then it just goes into the ether. It's like a really, I think it's a really hard time for actors. I mean, it, it obviously it is, but it's like, 
I think it's really wearing on everyone that we're, we're just like alone, especially if you're doing a lot of these over Zoom or FaceTime with people, if you're not like living with a person who can help you. Exactly. Um, and these self tapes, I mean, I, under, I obviously I see the, the purpose in them and sometimes it's like, okay, this is great because now I can, I can just do it in my house and I don't have to physically go anywhere. But um, it's, it's been a year and a half, almost two years. And I think my ring light is sick of me, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's just like, and, and I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm not filming 10 takes. Like I'm just, I, there was a point where I was like, I'm just, whatever the first one is, is what I would have probably given you in the room. So that's what I'm sending through. Um, I don't know what, what's your opinion? <laughs> what's, I don't know what, because there was a time when I was doing like 3 million takes and like, mm, which one, maybe this one. And that was slowly driving me crazy. Oh, that's so smart. That's so healthy of you. <laughs> well, I, I now worry about when it's time to go back into rooms because I've gotten into this habit of like, now I have a system for myself being at home. So for example, if I am having trouble memorizing a little piece, I'll like tape it to my ring light so I can like just read that part. Yeah. So, and I'm like, okay, well, I couldn't, I couldn't really do that in the room. Um, and then also I, I have the same thoughts where I'm like, oh my God, normally you just get like maybe, maybe two shots at these things. And I'm, I'm now sort of like working on it as I tape it, which ends up with like great takes that I'm happy with. But, but I'm like, if I'm going back in a room again soon, I need to exercise the muscle of being there right away as opposed to like taping with a friend and you're chatting and then you're like working on it and sort of like they're coaching you or giving you thoughts and it's like an hour-long process my biggest downfall is then the watching of the tapes and picking which ones to send because I will obsess over these takes and I'm like you cannot live your life like this right it's it's so bad because we are so now we're doing these self tapes um if i was in the room whatever comes out of me the first time around is probably the most authentic the most organic thing that i would give you instead of me because now i'm editing myself because in that first take i'm thinking do you know what maybe I, next, the next take i'll do this differently because i know that i can do it again totally i think you're so right i think i think um I, I probably would be okay going back in the room because I think you're exactly right that like there is a certain focus that comes into play when you have to just like walk in and deliver. But when you're just like at home doing it, it's like, you know, you can just keep trying. But I have a friend who often will, I'll, I'll be like, can we do it one more time? And he's like, we can, but you've stopped doing it differently. So unless you're going to do a, a like vastly different take, I think like you have what you need. And and that's actually really helpful to me to just have someone be like, you, you have done it. So unless you're going to do it completely differently, it's just not worth, like, it's just probably going to start getting bad now. Yeah, absolutely. Like you stopped doing it differently 10 takes ago. So perhaps just <laughs> leave it where it is. 
Um, one of the big, the big things that is a constant within this industry is rejection. It's, it's, it's the one thing that will always be there. Um, how do you, how do you deal with the rejection aspect of, of the job? Um, I mean, I don't know that that's something that really like gets better over time. Um, but I think I've learned to like sort of like ebb and flow with it in a, in a little bit of a more healthy accepting state of being. Um, I think the longer I do this, the more I'm just aware of how arbitrary it can be. And, um, I think I take things less personally. Um, I, I am very lucky in that I, I'm not a person who goes straight to the thought of like, oh, I'm bad. Like I'm doing a bad job. I'm bad at acting. Like I usually go to another unhealthy space of like, no one will ever give me a shot. Like how, you know, it's more of like a, a luck thing that I get hung up on rather than a like, I'll never be good enough. Um, which I think is like, I, I don't think either are really better than the other, but um, I think it's just, so it's just like knowing, I think the point is, is it's knowing what your trigger is and what makes you feel the most, um, what element makes you feel the most rejection and just like nursing that side of you to be able to handle it. Um, but it's, it's hard. It's like, you know, I make jokes with my friends about like dating and things. And I'm like, I can't, I can't have like rejection in two parts of my, like, like I'm now sort of able to like move through the rejection of my professional life. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this in two realms. <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like everyone says you have to have a thick skin. And you know, what I hate is just like a Joe Schmo on the street who like knows nothing about the industry. It will just, the, the first thing they'll say, if you're like, I'm an actor, they're like, a lot of rejection, a lot of rejection. I'm like, correct. I am aware. I am aware. But I think, you know, there's also like a lot of wins and a lot to celebrate and a lot of like very successful people and people who have like many successes. And I think the more I just like hold fast to that and, and remember all the successes that I have had, I, at least with the luck part, I'm like, okay, this has happened before. It's going to happen again. It's just like a timing thing. And it's just like a right job. And a, I mean, that's, what's funny about the job. Like when I said before, the jobs I've gotten that ended up being like the absolute most fruitful experiences I've ever had in my life, like artistic, wonderful dream come true experiences. I like had a very 
weird audition experience or I like didn't want to audition for it or I like you know and and it's like the job found its way to me so I think that's also something that I I try to remember and I just think is is such a such a sort of funny trick too where people are like oh you have to act like you don't really want it and that's how, like, when you walk into a room and people sense that you don't need it, that's when you get it. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to how to do that when I actually want something. But I have had experiences where I've been like, I don't know what this is. I don't think I, I don't think I really want it. But then through the audition process and then getting the job, I realize how how much I I do actually want it in the end because I have a better sense of like what it is, and then it ended up being one of those things where it's like, oh, I could have easily not come in for this because I like tried to get out of it a few times and I ended up for whatever reason showing up. And like it led to, you know, with like the show I did Oklahoma, like that led to five years of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And I like turned that audition down twice and barely prepared for it. And was sick when I went into the audition room. So it's like, those are the things. Those are the things that end up working out where you're like, well, this isn't, I mean, I don't even care. I don't want this. I don't care. I'm not prepared. Like, and then it's like, oh, not only did I get it, look what it led to. Absolutely. I feel like whatever is meant for you will find you when it's meant to find you. And it's taken me a long time. To come to that. I mean, I say it like, uh, you know, like it's so simple. And it, But it has truly taken me a long time to, to kind of make my peace with that. I mean, a long time and like a lot of therapy and whiskey, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Where would we be without therapy and whiskey? And, you know, I, I like hold, I, I hold that near and dear to my heart, that sentiment. And I like constantly have to just say it to myself, like repeat it to myself when I'm in these moments of, you know, like these rejection despair moments, I have to return to what's meant for me will come to me. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask, has your opinion on auditions changed from your first professional audition to the most recent one you've just done? Definitely. Um, you know, I think aside from the wig snafu and aside from like, you know, well, I think, I think just the more I know myself and trust myself as a human and like as an actor and the more I, again, hone in on like what I know about myself that makes me unique to me it is probably where I've grown the most because I think as a young actor it like we were saying before it's like oh I hope they think I'm good I hope like I'm doing the right I'm making the I'm doing the right things to like get them to hire me and now I just feel like I have more agency over choices and like I I allow myself to be more creative and you know I remember when I was auditioning for grad school which at this point was like many years ago now but um 
in choosing monologues, I sort of like broke all the rules with the monologues I chose. And, and it, and it was successful to me because I was showing my most authentic self and I loved doing them. So I let go of this idea of, well, you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do that. And they'll like, they don't want to see this or that. And I just was like, what is exciting to me? Like I was doing this, I had pieced together a scene from like a play my friend had written and I was working on it with another friend. And he's like, what if you did it as this like Staten Island, like downtrodden Staten Island lady? Like, you know, like this like harsh New Yorker, you know? And I was like, oh, well, I, I couldn't possibly do that because you can't do an accent. <laughs> like, I, I can't do an accent in my monologue that's not allowed. And he was like, I don't know, just try it. Just like try it as an exercise. And I did it. And it was like the whole thing just popped. And I loved it. And I was like, I was so delighted by it. And I remember like the literally like getting on the train to go to the audition. I was like, am I going to do it as that lady or like just how it's written? Am I going to like, which way am I going to do it? And I was like, I want to do it the way that is fun for me. And then it like totally worked because it also is like, oh, I'm, I'm showing that I have confidence in myself that I can make, like, I think it's also the difference between showing whether you're a smart actor or not. And I think that's where people set up these like rule structures because there are a lot of people who maybe are not, <laughs> but for the people who are and who like trust themselves with their choices, like you can break those rules because you're being authentic to yourself. And that is like, that is where greatness lies. But if you are that kind of actor and you're inhibiting yourself because like someone told you, you shouldn't do this somewhere. And so I think that's, I continue to like play with that and, and really try to hone that aspect of myself as I continue to audition where it's just like really just about confidence and trust in my own choices and work on the audition that I do. Yeah, I think I think trusting. Uh, I, obviously, the, the the more we do this, the more we know who we are as artists, and obviously we change. Um, but the more, for me anyway, the more I do it, the more I know who I am as an artist, and I know what I bring to the table, and so I I am able to to trust myself more when I am making what is perhaps deemed a bold choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like then, you know, the best feeling with all of this is when you, when you tape something or you go into a room or whatever, when you have an opportunity to just like walk away feeling like I did what I wanted to do. And I think, you know, when we start to like censor ourselves, it's just a really unfulfilling experience overall because you're like, I'm not even doing what I wanted to do. I'm just being careful. But when you're, when you're really like leading into, again, what makes you like creatively fulfilled in these moments, that's, that's all we have because like our job is auditioning. And then sometimes we get, we get those jobs, but like, 
if the audition process can become enjoyable, I think that's the key. And we don't always have control over that, but I think in the moments we can control it, a la just like really following our own hearts with our choices about things and our takes on things, I think that's the best way to, to, <laughs> to endure this life. <laughs> Yes, truly, <laughs> truly. Um, Mallory, I have one more, um, what I call one more serious work question. And then I have three little fun questions <laughs> at the end. Um, the, the, the very, the final like super serious work question me put on my CNN work voice. Um, what is the best audition advice that you've received? Oh man, I'm trying to think of... I'm trying to think of a, if I have any sort of like, I'm sure of like all the people I've encountered in my life, there's been some like sound bite that would be genius. Um, uh, I think maybe the way, the way I can best speak to this is like having been a reader or ha yeah, having been a reader in many different forms I learned so much about how there are like, there's just so much going on that we don't know. And there, and like watching person after person come in and be brilliant. Like I was a reader once for a Darren Aronofsky movie and the best actors in New York were coming in for this one part. And I think it was one of those parts that was like completely elusive. They didn't have the script. They like didn't understand what this part was. It was like very confusing, but this was like Tony award winner after Tony award winner. And like people who work extensively in film and television, like staple people. And it, this was another example of like men were coming in, women were coming in, like every age, every ethnicity. They didn't know that though. Like they didn't, they had no idea that they were seeing literally any kind of person, but all of like the top echelon of actors. And I was like, this is incredible because like, I'm so curious to know like what's going on in their heads right now with this, this in, like even just that information that they didn't have, like that alone would totally change my perspective on like auditioning for something like that. And then all these people who I think are like genius, genius actors, like can do no wrong. We're asking so many questions in the room. We're like super insecure. Like, you know, many of them were like, was that okay? Was that like, can I try again? Can I just, and I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> it never ends. Like the, you, you can be, you can be like at the top of the game and you can still like, feel like you're bombing an audition or like, you know, have questions or feel like you're not getting it or like really want something and have no idea that you're up against like every human type there is. Like there might as well have been a dog coming in to read. It's like, and they just didn't know that. And I was like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. That is, I mean, unreal. I think we're, I think... <laughs> 
that makes me think that like we will forever always be some little part of us will forever be that freshly graduated college student going to their first audition that that little person will forever be in us you know me 20 20 10 years ago will forever be she will she will always be she will be the little girl in the it's sorry can i just maybe if i try it this way can i just you know i could have every award on my shelf but i think that person will always be with me forever yeah because we just like we just want to feel like we did a good job and we just want to like honor ourselves and like the character and the script and we just i think it's also like the good part of that is that um it keeps you it keeps you working hard and it keeps you curious and it keeps you like you know, always striving to be your best as opposed to, you know, I've, I've also seen if I, when I've been a reader, I've seen people come in with like crazy confidence who give terrible auditions. And I'm like, what, <laughs> like, how are you so confident and like giving a terrible audition right now? And they probably left being like, yeah, I nailed that. Um, <laughs> What was I going to say? Oh, I can't remember. Um, but um, I have three, um, three final, funny, funny, three final questions. That's like not audition related. It's just fun questions. Um, the first one is, if you could do any profession other than the one you're currently doing, what would it be? I mean, I'm always like, the good and the bad about me is like, I've never had a backup. I've just never, I'm like, no, this is what I'm doing. So I'm going to have to make it work because there's truly nothing else. Um, but you know, I've like, sometimes I'm like, ooh, photo like photography. <laughs> or like, I think I'd probably like, I don't want to do this, but I'd probably be a, a really good therapist. Um, you know, if if you talk to my like fourteen year old self, I'd want to be like a rock star or a professional equestrian. <laughs> but I think honestly, I think everything I I would like actually do if I wasn't an actor at this point in my life probably revol like revolves around performing or the entertainment industry or like something artistic definitely something artistic which you know you might as well be an actor <laughs> <laughs> um okay the second question in your opinion who was so perfectly cast in a role that if they redid the film or the tv show or the play or the musical a hundred times it would never match that person Oh my God, that is such a good question. I mean, I know they're doing like a Lucille Ball biopic and I'm just like, nobody. Nobody can touch Lucille Ball. Like maybe Deborah Messing, but I think I can't, I feel like, who did they, did they cast like Nicole Kidman or something? I remember, I can't remember. Nicole Kidman is doing it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I don't know. I, I mean, there are so many like, like, oh my God, classic performances that could never be re remade. Um, and I know they're doing a revival of Funny Girl on Broadway. And I'm just like, I mean, it's just, it's just Barbara. But the, <laughs> this is sort of like a, a random example, but just because it's so fresh in my mind. But I just watched um, The White Lotus, which I'm obsessed with. And I just like, I can't get over Jennifer Coolidge's performance. Jennifer Coolidge's performance is so iconic and unique that it's like those kinds of actors and those kinds of performances, you're like, no one could touch that. No one could touch that. Not that anyone's doing a remake of The White Lotus, but <laughs> but yeah, I just think when people are are like so, I don't know. That, that's a great question. There's probably a million answers that are better than what I just thought of, but that's what's coming to mind. <laughs> that's good. I'll take it. Okay, the final question. If you could play any role, male or female, what would it be? I don't know. I always have a hard time with this question because like I love new work so much that I always feel like it's like yet to be written. Um, but so I sort of, I sort of feel like I, you know, there's like some, some like theater dream roles that are like Josie and moon for the misbegotten or like, or Kadna and the seagull, you know, like there, there are certain sort of like iconic classic roles that would be really exciting to play. Um, or like Martha and, um, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, those kinds of things. But, um, otherwise I feel very excited about the role that is going to be perfect for me that hasn't, hasn't been written into existence yet yes i love that so so much i love that uh, mallory thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me before i let you go please will you tell my listeners how they can keep up to date with everything that you're doing give us all the plugs all the social media plugs i mean you know we're still in a pandemic so i don't have too many updates <laughs> but um I do have a website that I need to update that is just MalloryPortnoy.com and um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is Malports, M-A-L-P-O-R-T-S. Um, so yeah, I just posted about a project I did a couple weeks ago um, that's hopefully going to be happening in the city at some point. So I will... I will post about that if that happens and otherwise, you know, as things come up, but thank you so much for having me. Thank you so, so, so much. I, I've just, I've loved chatting to you and I can't wait to see um, what other great, exciting things come up your way, especially when the role that is being written for you surfaces. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could happen when I'm 70, but... <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> but we take it, you know, somebody asked me the other day, somebody, yeah, somebody was like, oh, like, what? and I also was like, oh, Stephen Sondheim hasn't written it yet. 
And like, he's 90, so he needs to get on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I Hope I Get It, the podcast is produced by Citizen Femme Productions. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hope I Get It Pod. 